0: Brevin and Browntown is an affiliate podcast of Soapbox Production and Organizing that pairs critical analyses of media, culture, politics, and everyday happenings with the tastes of spirits. With the occasional help of Chicago's most talented and creative artists, activists, filmmakers, academics, and social entrepreneurs, Browntown unpacks current events, social issues, and gives personal insight into various topics.
1: Soapbox is a film and social activism nonprofit that specializes in multimedia curation of creative projects centered around education, entertainment, and structural social change for a more equitable and creative world. So for this episode, sit back, sip something good, and enjoy.
0: Robert and Bronson, would like to thank you for taking part and listening. Please keep in mind that while we are recording remotely, some recording may be subpar. However, we are doing our best to give you the totality of the conversation. So please uh, sit back, relax, and sip some good while we jump in to our conversation.
2: People are getting displaced. People don't have jobs. All of those issues come back to really basic necessities. Shelter. Food, safety, um, and we just believe safety doesn't look like the police. Safety looks like people having what they need to survive. We're not even having those conversations because we're not, we're not even in the room. We're not even at the table at this point. We're sending a letter saying we're not going to hear you. So that drove us to do things like this.
0: I'd like to welcome everyone to another installment of Bourbon and Brown Town. I am your boy david brown you know still recording from this motherfucking office you know have the setup game kind of moving up a little bit i no longer let my dog in here because she'll start nibbling at my toes when i'm talking um but i do miss like her a little it. bit you i you like know it. i'm you know she's you know she's she just turned two you know as always i got my boy colin uh with me hi, hi how you hanging in there my dude I'm hanging, my man. I am hanging. I, I, I've noticed that when I'm like out and
1: about and then get home and like rush to start recording, I just feel more energized. Uh compared to when okay. we're in the studio and we have a plan. Thing. It's it's good, it's positive. Uh versus okay. if I'm like home all day, then we start recording. Or if I you know, if we're recording in the studio and we plan, and we get there and there's a moment to like collect my thoughts before we start going. I get time to think too much, and that's not good. You don't want that from Colin. Um uh, so I'm ready to go. I'm feeling good. I got my Gatorade, I got my bourbon, I got a heavy pour, because I'm in the fucking closet again, chat on the bill, I got like a triple pour, so we're ready to go, drink a little bit. You I feel go. like we don't lean into that as much in Reverend Brown Town. They're like, we're drinking during this podcast.
0: We're trying to stay, you know, safe and not be drinking at bars to not contract COVID. You know what I'm saying? But one of the things I do want to mention is this episode is actually sponsored by Chicago Reader. So shout out to Chicago Reader out there. Pew 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 pew. But <laughs> forward, that's, the, <laughs> that's it. I feel once again, I do think we're gonna start having to have like little buttons so we can like press like to Chicago. You know, like those little things.
1: Chicago, Chicago, I feel like it's so box. It's got but it's, it's it's so box comrade or some shit like that. It's so box, Chicago, Chicago, there you go.
0: It's gotta be like <laughs> movement day so Somehow, dumb. I don't know. We got we got Oh, we're gonna it. make it happen. Uh, we are joined by two guests today. We have Ashley Giles Perkins. Uh, Ashley is a 2020 graduate of Loyola University Chicago School of Law. Snap, 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 snap. And an organizing <laughs> member of the Chicago <laughs> chapter. <laughs> and an organizing member of the Chicago chapter of Black Youth Project 100. Uh, Ashley attended the University of New Haven and is originally from Connecticut, where she got her organizing start. Ashley is a founding member of Bridgeport Generation Now, Connecticut Organized for Racial Equity and served as a Bernie delegate to the 2016 Democratic National Convention in Philly. Uh, Ashley's work centers around education, equity, policy, and social justice. Uh, she has been a member of the BYP 100 since January 2019. Uh, she enjoys traveling, poetry, Jamaican food, all right, trap music, we can talk about that, <laughs> dismantling systemic inequalities through organizing, and she is a fierce mixologist who owns a mobile bartending LLC. How you doing, Ashley?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Thank you for taking the time to kind of hang out with us.
1: And we also have Ebene Green, a resident of South Shore. Ebene is an artist, advocate, and urban educator. She holds a BA in English from Boston College and an MSED in Education and Social Policy from Northwestern University and was recently accepted into Harvard Graduate School's Doctor of Education Leadership Program. Hey. Ebene is... Bang, 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 squad, We guys are having like drill, we guys are having like drill tags and stuff in this. Uh, Ebene, <laughs> Ebene, is Florida born, but rides hard for Chicago. I feel that. She is an organizing member of the Obama Community Benefits Agreement Coalition with BYP 100. Ebene follows the motto, watch how people treat others, good or bad, because sooner or later, your turn will come up. Ebene, what is happening?
3: Hey, it's nice to meet y'all. I'm excited. I got my drink ready. I'm ready for everything. Hey. Okay. Ready to talk? Yeah. It's always
1: interesting because I feel like, you know, we've, we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now. and We we felt more comfortable, you know, just being out in the world. Uh, myself out in Chicago because I'm also not from Chicago, but I ride super hard for what the city has taught me over the years. Um, and, you know, I, I got the honor of being nationally at the uh, Obama CBA Tent City event. But prior to that, didn't didn't really know you or her very much, and so it's nice that you guys were so awesome and wanted to come and talk with us virtually. Unfortunately, um, and y'all have like some 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 sexy looking drinks there as well. We got our bourbon and stuff. Dave and I, well, what what are, what are y'all sipping on?
2: I made something fancy,
1: a very Ooh. fancy. Explain to the team I, if, if for the listeners who can't see what you got in your hands right now. What's going on?
2: Um, you know, I'll just list a few of the ingredients. I haven't named Ooh. this one yet. I actually was missing some ingredients, so I made a new drink. Um, but yeah, I'm drinking spice rum tonight, little pineapple juice, little blue carousel, little grenadines, lemon juice. There's okay. a lot going okay. on. little okay. you know, grenadine
3: okay. head with itself. <laughs>
1: oh, get her. <laughs>
3: well, I mean, I I'm, drink drinking, I'm drinking, I'm uh, drinking the straight Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got the $3.99 <laughs> Hey
0: yo Talk about them sales Okay <laughs> I <laughs> love did, it I do so- low
3: key wish I was like I wish that um, Ashley was here I was like, Because then she would make the good drinks <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it.
0: Where's you
2: garnish
1: at you don't have no garnish gone, I don't have time for garnish I got cherry here
2: lemon today
1: you got to teach us. We got a second episode. You teach us how to make drinks and stuff. Okay. Yes. Oh,
2: that
0: sounds okay. awesome. Well, what teach I do want to say, is, it's kind of interesting because like, so I come from, you know, the, the restaurant community. So, you know, I opened up Maple and Ash a couple years ago. I um, worked at like small bistros in Hyde Park doing bartending, things like that. But I think this might be the first time where I'm like, I know less. So, I, and I'm okay with that. So, please, That's right. teach me. Okay. Teach I me an open yes. book. You can just get at me. But, um. Thank you guys once again for taking the time to kind of hang out with us and chill. I we did already mention um you know the the Obama CBA. Um and I, I think for for listeners who, you know, are familiar with Branton but may not be familiar with the Obama CBA, um you know, and I y- y'all can tag team tag team this however you like, but do you think you can give folks a little bit of uh kind of context as to what exactly uh that entails or what I- what that is?
2: Yeah, um, essentially, there is uh, going to be, for all of the presidents, um, a presidential library. So, you know, Obama being from Chicago, wanting to do the presidential center here and um, on his base. And the University of Chicago is the winner of the bid, you know, uh, so it is going to be... Um, Basically funded through, you know, spearheaded by, and they are one of the major players. It'll be on some of their property as well as majority of Jackson Park and some other areas. Uh, what started out as, I uh, would say, a library, um, is really a center um, at mm. this stage. Um, going to be very elaborate, acres and acres, you know. Um, space <laughs> face, uh, and essentially really. Right after the news, you know, just the granting of the bid sent rents um, skyrocketing taxes, um, rates skyrocketing um, as well as eviction rates. So all of those. um, There was an interesting article. I'll have to um, link it, um, but just talked about the uh, wood lawn and some of those zip codes. I want to say it's a Redfin article as just some of the highest property value increases that they saw in in a year. Uh, and so this is just from the announcement, right, without even breaking any ground. Uh, so there were um, a coalition uh, that formed together, um, just to name some, um, Kenwood Oakland Community Organization, COCO, mm. uh, STOP, South Side Together, um, Organized for Power, uh, Black Youth Project 100, um, you got Westside Health Authority and uh, Chicago Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, a lot of the tenants associations and different groups in the area um, that started meeting and um, putting their heads together on how to go about it. And uh, we are called the CBA Coalition. Uh, Typically CBA, Community Benefits Agreement, is something that you would sign with a developer, right? Private residents and a developer come to an agreement. They say, you'll hire, you know, 50% of people from the community, you know, we want 50% to be affordable housing and we want, you know, $20,000 to create a statute, you know, whatever it could be. Uh, And the developers would agree or disagree, right? And then they would sign an agreement with the community. Uh, That type of bargaining was uh, inefficient. Uh, (laughs) There wasn't a lot of (laughs) bargaining. It was essentially the Obama Foundation And with the backing of Obama um, saying, you know, we don't need a community benefits agreement. You know, and that's a quote. Um, You know, we are a nonprofit. I'm from here. This is my community. We would never do anything to destroy it. You know, where our goal is not gentrification. It is, you know, building the community, you know, that type of thing. Right. Bringing something to the South Side that is going to be, you know, a national gem. Right. The first black president. Um, And So while I think personally those things are true, I think part of it is the displacement is happening. That is something that we can't deny. Uh, And so that's where the CBA ordinance comes from. Um, Instead of using the private sector, going through city council, all full city council, all 50 wards, um, to say that this is something that Woodlawn and the surrounding areas need. Um, drafting that language, you know, doing that research, determining how far it should stretch, how much, you know, should be asked for, tons and tons of community meetings, um, door knockings, phone banking to weigh in, get weigh in and buy in from the community, um, and also a lot of ally members. So they're um, on our website on um, obamacba.com.org.
1: That'll work. I, I, always, I always
2: do our calm. I'm like, oh, no. Does that work? Does <laughs> that work? Thanks. Um, yeah, so you can see all of the partners there. We're actually getting still new partners. So um, really just been trying to negotiate on very basic, but well, I would say very basic um, aspects of that ordinance. Um, so this has been a fight that's been ongoing for about four years uh, and has had a lot of, I'd say 2020 has been a good year for the campaign. I think um, you know, from from the sit-in, you know, to the tent city, to some of the marches, media coverage, national and local. Um, and so we're really thinking we're getting to a good space finally.
3: Yeah, I want to add a couple of things to what um, Ashley said, because um, I think it's important to really talk about what Obama said when he was yeah. dismissive of the CBA. Um, he literally said, You know, I've got 20 organizations coming out of the woodwork. Some of them I haven't heard of before. I'm going to be honest with you. We want to work with everybody in a transparent way. And it's like, dude, you've been in D.C. for like eight years. You've been running. (laughs) Prior to that, you've been like running for office for three years. Yeah, you don't know all the orgs anymore. And like. It it just was it was mad dismissive. So, I came after the start of the CBA coalition. And part of the reason that I joined was because of how the foundation presented mm. their plan for the Presidential Center. Mm-hmm. Um, so, actually, I met Ashley through the coalition. And, um, you know, I'm a, I can see from my house where the Presidential Center is going to be. It's where I walk my dog every day, right? And so I, you know, a couple of years ago, they had a big event at the South Shore Cultural Center. So I walk myself up there, cause I'm gonna listen to the, <laughs> I'm gonna listen to Barack, cause Barack, yeah, Barack. And I still like you, Barack, we cool, we cool. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say that. But, um, you know, I've been in enough meetings to know like, when people are talking at me Mm. and when folks are like, you know, I looked around and it was all these white guys in suits, a few Mm. brown folks sprinkled in with their very slick presentation. And I was like, you know, people were asking really real questions, right? And I don't think they were prepared for a bunch of black people to ask really real questions. Black people, white people, there are whole groups of people in the city that have real questions for the Obama Foundation, right? And so, you know, I saw something for the coalition and was like, hey, let me figure out what they're talking about. Because, you know, one of the reasons that we need a CBA and that the coalition exists is because Chicago is at risk of not looking like Chicago. It's at risk of looking like what San Francisco looks like right now. You know, it's at risk of Oakland fighting for its life. You know, and like truth be told, it's at risk of looking like Atlanta, which is fighting to survive. And so, yeah, I think it's really important that we call out like, Barack really did us a disservice talking about the CBA that way. Um, And also, I think it's important to point out that community benefits agreements are like over 40, 40 years old. They're around 40 years old, right? They're all across the country. um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of orgs have been able to do these successfully that maintain the integrity of a community and also allow it to build.
0: It's interesting coming from someone who was like... So um, you know, I'm, I'm from the west side of Chicago. Uh, you know, my parents no longer live like within the city, and so when when I when I first heard of this Obama Center, I was like, well, that that sounds like a dope thing, right? Isn't that going to be helping folk? But right? my my initial thought, my initial thought was the same thing that I saw happen to Little Village, right, and that we see happening mm-hmm. throughout a lot of places throughout Chicago, and so you know, f- as we mentioned on Bourbon Brown you know. Chicago is hyper segregated to start right, and a lot of mm-hmm. the reasons for this are policies that have been in place since since daily and even before. Because as we've talked, we've also understand that like Daly was a mayor for like twenty some fucking years, and why that was the case. We can fucking talk about that for another episode. But That's another episode. And,
1: and, and that fuck all the dailies. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck your dad. Fuck your brother.
0: All right, I'm sorry. Let's and, get your it. Let's get it. <laughs> and your cousin. And your cousin. Fuck Maggie. Okay, park. <laughs> uh, no but uh but with that being said, it's like kind of really looking at this and understanding really the the implications of 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 what that happened, so I was completely unaware of Obama's comments to that degree, right, and so hearing this for the first time, one, I'm not surprised, right, as we've mentioned, like oftentimes the issues that we face is that we feel like uh, one specific person is going to bring about you know, the collapse of <laughs> the empire, right, which which is not the case. And we know that Obama uh, has his flaws or had his flaws and, you know, what have you. But when you're bringing this back then to to where people mm. live and reside and understanding the, the dangers um, of gentrification as a thing, right? And so I was also unaware that this has been going on, this fight had been going on for four years. And so it's interesting, actually, when you mentioned that, you know, 2020 has been a good year. For the for the coalition, right, and uh, like, um, could could you elaborate a little more onto like what what that is, and, and maybe what where where the coalition is is taking the movement, so to speak. And even
1: even to add on to that question with David, not to give you too much, but just like a uh, I won't say a timeline, but kind of like the, the 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 plot points, I guess, since the coalition started, with what's, what's happened has been good, it's been bad up until twenty twenty, which has been this ascendance of of things, the coalition that likes and wants.
2: Yeah, um, I think main thing for, you know, the ordinance was introduced last July. um, And here we are in July, a year later. And so that's been um, frustrating. I will also add, you know, I was coming in um, in last summer, I'd say about May or June is when I got started working on the um, coalition. I had been a member of um, BYP 100 but not working yet on, um, Obama CBA campaign. And when I came in, it was, um, you know, discussion of housing, um, you know, ordinance needed and drafting that language and me being a legal intern at the lawyers committee, um, you know, doing 50 state surveys, right. So what happened when they brought the Staples Center here and what happened Mm -hmm. when they built the Milwaukee Bucks Center there and what happens when they put, you know, so what did residents do, um, in other areas, you know, what methods did they use? Did they go city, state? You know, did they just do something smaller? Did they do nothing at all? Did they lose the fight? And if so, why? You know, so all that kind of research um, is where I kind of came into the campaign. And so the plan was, all right, first we'll do the housing, right? Because that's immediate. People are being displaced. Shelter is sure. crucial. Um, and secondarily, right, jobs, right? So it's like, okay, great, you guys just stay in your home. But, you know, what about the jobs that the center is, is creating and bringing? Are is it residents? You know, what about trainings and trades? Are we working with the high schools, right? So there's all of these other questions. Um, and so that's some of the brainstorming that had been done in the past, right? Transportation, that's another big thing. Um, streets that are going to be, that are now operating an open being shut off, right, and being built over. Um, and so people losing access, people losing part of their property. Um, and so there's those all of those caveat issues too. And to be now a year later and still stuck on housing ordinance, knowing that when we first introduced it, the, the activity in the area, the evictions and all of that was already peaking. Um, and so to now be a year removed from that is is disheartening, Um, but kind of in going back more to your question about why 2020 has been a good year, just in terms of what kind of organizations have thrown support towards us, I think has been really crucial. Um, Mainly, I think, not even support that we asked for, but studies, for example, Voorhees' study came out from um, University of Illinois, Chicago. I'm really just talking about what it looks like if the CBA is not passed, you know, looking at different rates, working with groups that might seem like, huh, why are they doing a press conference together? You know, Chicago Coalition for the Homeless um, and CPS groups that have homeless students within them. These are our students, right, being displaced, they are, a part of these families, these same families that have median income of twenty four thousand um, dollars and properties down the street are selling for eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars and so this is Oof. this is what th- the reality is happening in Woodlawn and you know we're screaming from the rooftop essentially, you know how important this is and I think when the city introduced their own ordinance it was like, huh, really' So we're not gonna yes. have a conversation about the one that we already introduced last July. You right. went and formed this new committee with these new people and created your own and missed the most crucial elements that protect low income residents.
1: Yeah, give us some right. context about that. Because obviously this this fight's been going on for for years now, right? And when it's uh-huh. Ronnie Manuel was was our mayor, and now we have a different mayor and a different city council, really as well. Um and so then, that administration gave this second ordinance. Uh, can, you, can you speak a little bit to um, the, the difference maybe between the two, or or what happened recently, and what who the administration, uh, yeah, uh, presented this counter ordinance, if you will.
2: I think even the the main <laughs> the main thing. I mean, I guess that's that's the part that's confusing to me, maybe. <laughs> and now I'm like sure piecing right. two and two together because we're talking it
1: out. We're talking it. out.
2: Yeah,
3: out. there's no peace in poo. You got it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, because correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> our current mayor campaigned on supports supporting the CVA, right? Along with
3: several aldermen.
2: <laughs> Along with several, several aldermen <laughs> this says that we need this, right? The aldermen in that ward say we need this, introduced it, and other aldermen in the city, like way up north, way out south, they're like, this doesn't impact me, it's my ward. I mean... If the Alderman from that ward says it's good, it's good, right, and I've read it um, and people supported it, and you know we did phone banking and showing up to Alderman's offices and getting their support sure. um and so now to have the same mayor that campaigned and said that she would support to then introduce a different or hey, let's
3: backtrack backtrack for a moment, not only
2: Ooh, tell us.
1: <laughs>
3: They run on it, but the people mm. in the communities voted on yes, it. Yes,
2: Ebene, the referendum voted on it. Yes. <laughs> How can so I this
3: is not something that like a bunch of randos came up with, right? People voted on it, and you'll—it's amazing what you'll hear. Folks will say like, "Oh, they didn't know what they were voting for. These people don't know nothing." I was like,
1: "But oh, wow. they can read." Ah. <laughs> okay, so if, if I'm if I'm hearing this right, uh was it, there was a ward based referendum that if you live in the ward, you voted for the yep. referendum for the actual bombing. I believe four day.
2: four wards. Four um, wards
1: had it. Including my own.
2: Yeah.
3: When everyone started dragging their feet, I was like, wait, wait, I don't understand. Like the older woman the older woman for my ward won by the skin of her teeth. She was in a very close runoff. And um You know, I really think her support, our quote-unquote support for the CBA ordinance is what pushed her over. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, the the people voted on this. They signed on it. We had conversations with people. There were community meetings with folks. So this is not something that is fly-by-night. And I'm going to continue what Ashley was talking about. You know, the city has come up with their own ordinance and they've taken the teeth out of it. You know, sure. um, one of the things that they took the teeth out of is that they have separated it by neighborhoods. So the initial ordinance was for a three mile radius. Not, not, wow. Not three. Not three at all. <laughs> a two mile radius. <laughs> From where the proposed center is going. And so that would have included parts of Woodlawn, South Shore, um, Grand Crossing, um, parts of Washington Park, because a study that um came out by the Voorhees Center at UIC mm. showed that those that that those would be the places most impacted by the um the eminent center. Um, And so just even separating the neighborhoods means something, you know? And so when questioned, they're like, oh, well, you know, they turn on this thing. And I believe that I am a believer in good intent, but they turn on this thing where they're like, oh, the neighborhoods are all different and they have different needs. And like, yo, we know that, right? But all of those places that we named are poor. And what we're concerned about is that you're running poor people up out of here. And not even poor people, um, it's not even just what we call quote unquote the poor, because whether or not people want to admit it, when they think about poor, they think about this um, specter of the projects, right? Like we, li- I moved to Chicago in 2000 when ABLA was still up, and the whole Stateway corridor was still up, and like people are really bougie, and they're like, I don't want projects next to my house. But what they're forgetting is that when we talk about affordable housing, most people in Chicago, like most Black people in Chicago, are not making fifty thousand dollars right like that's a good job and if you don't make fifty thousand dollars under the woodlawn plan you're not really getting housing (laughs) like you're out don't let you make 50 and have a kid i don't know where you're gonna live but you're not gonna live in woodlawn don't let (laughs) you make 50 and have two kids like
1: So like, yeah, I
3: mean, too, you might as well be, I don't know what you want, but like, you can't, you're not going to be able to live in Woodlawn under the current plan. Right. And so like, it's been interesting. It has been a good year for us. It's been a good year in some like awful ways because some of those partnerships have come from COVID because COVID has laid bare The things that we knew to be true,
1: Mm. that
3: people are a paycheck away from being put out of their house. Right. So, like, I remember being so annoyed when um, everybody's clapping for essential workers and high fiving grocery store workers. and, And I was like, these are the same people that you are giving us a hard
2: time.
3: To find housing for. Right.
2: right? Sounds good now. But when it was fight for 15, it was you don't deserve it. Right. Absolutely. But now I get a high five and I put my life on the line for you and your artichoke. Right. Everybody
3: loves a doctor, but they don't love a CNA.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And those those are the people that are most impacted, right? Like the cafeteria workers, right? Our CTA workers, people who have decent jobs, but doesn't necessarily rise to the level of what 60 and $70,000, which, and also the properties that are now that are um, currently that have been auctioned and sold or city land and seeing what's being done or what's being slated for them. They're not for your regular person um either. And so it's really just, I think, yeah, it's, it was almost, I think for me, not being from here was, a lot of benefit of the doubt, like, oh, maybe they just didn't. Oh, maybe it was an accident. Oh, it was oversight, right? But after like 80 excuses, you're like, you know what? This is a setup. It's a drop.
1: Did you ever get a, oh, honey, you're not from Chicago, are you? Did you get one of those? i
2: come love your hats. I was like, I always, when I first got here, they were like, oh, Crick County. And I was like, have you heard of Corrupt Right? And it was like this funny thing that's like actually not funny you know it's like wheeling and dealing that goes on behind closed doors that puts people at expense you know we we are the joke actually you know unless we are reclaiming our power like like we're doing now
1: totally it's interesting about you saying that not being from chicago and like giving them the benefit of the doubt because uh i am also from chicago and i think like you know this is kind of our subject but a little bit related when I was in school at Columbia, Missouri, kind of like a college town, um, you know, we have like a, you know, poor side of the city, have a more affluent side of the city, but it's nothing compared to Chicago, right? And our public schools were all like good schools. They were like disparities for sure, but like if you graduated high school in many of those schools, Hickman, Rockbridge is the third one now, I forgot the name, but they're all good schools. And so I remember hearing about like public schools just being bad. I was like taught, not like taught that almost like in high school and stuff. Um, like in big cities, but I was like, okay, cool. Like, why? Um, and it was alluded that there's like systemic inequality, but it's like people went to private schools if they, if they could afford it. In neighborhood schools, like people didn't want to go there, and if they did, they fought for their schools to be funded well. And I was, I just, and I wasn't, I was wasn't educated enough. Uh, and I was like, I was pretty bright in high school, I ain't gonna lie, but I just didn't, I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? So I finally got to Chicago, and I was like, oh, oh, that's where the priorities lie. Like we had those disparities in Columbia, but. It was like it was stark by just a little bit. Where Chicago, it's it, it was just so much more. And then I remember as a shorty learning about like machine politics, especially in Chicago and the, the Democratic Party, and knowing enough. But it was all about like daily Senior back in the day. Woo woo woo. And then again, got Chicago, two thousand nine. Um, you know, I get I have Daley Junior. And then I get Rom. And then I'm learning and seeing how it's happening, and still like coming into my political maturity by understanding, like, how these things play out and seeing them play out and seeing them affect people that I know as well as I'm growing politically and just kind of getting to know the city and the geography of the city as well. Um, So it's so interesting these conversations with folks who are, like, doing the work and doing Mm -hmm. work that's so Chicago-based, right, and and unique to Chicago, uh, but also not from here. I'm always, like, curious about, like, how Chicago has taught you and also made you think less about the world at the same time. Um... Uh,
3: I think there's. I, good. I think there's a like. I'm not from Chicago either. Sorry, David. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta. Rep, no, but I mean, even then, then like, I, I'm gonna.
0: No, no, I'm gonna give my two cents in a second. But please uh, go ahead.
3: So, like, I think that there is. Again, I've been here for over like 20 years. It, it's. I just passed my 20 year anniversary, <laughs> and I, I know, right? Chicago
1: anniversary. Uh, let's go. <laughs>
3: Um, I tell people like I'm a Chicago in the old school way. Like I was born in the South, but then I moved up to Chicago. So Ooh. that's how yeah. black people came Somebody here. migration. I see you. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay, history. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that.
3: But um, you know, I think there's something just I know why people stayed here. And I feel like totally. if you were born here, sometimes you can miss it. And I can't imagine a whole lifetime of the politics here beating you up. Um, but Chicago is still magical. It's still got this crackle in the air. Like when I moved here, Ebony Magazine was like on the skyline. And I was like, oh man, the Defender is here. Ebony, Matt, Ebony Jack is here. You know, they got Moon too. they got the Dusabo, you know, like all of these things that are, You know, you can't throw a rock without, like, hitting Black greatness, right? Like, you will be on a bus next to somebody who's, like, a jazz legend who changed the game, right? Totally. And so, um, you know, because I'm not from here, I feel like I have this, like, grand outsider appreciation of it. And am dying to preserve it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um. This is one of the few cities in America where if I had a child, I could raise my Black child and I don't need to be a millionaire. I could send them to a mostly Black school with solid Black teachers. We can go to a dope-ass Black church. We can like... (laughs) go to a grocery store where there are mostly black people. I can take them to events. They can join the little black social clubs and like ride horses if they're black. And like, and nobody questions it because there's a thousand ways to be black here, Mm. right? And I think that I'm like eternally grateful to the folks who came before my friends, grandparents and great grandparents whose blood is in the soil of the city, who, like, people love to wrap that flag with those stars and those bars on it, like...
1: Tattooed everywhere.
3: Yeah! But, like, one of the things that makes Chicago great is it's Black people. Like, you can't divorce it. Like, and I again, I always have shit to talk about with San Francisco, because I used to work in tech. I went there, like, 10 years before I worked in tech, and then I went there, like, 8 years later for something and I was like yo where the where the fuck are all the black people like you like the flavor but you don't want the spots of pepper like, you like all the stuff but you don't want to see us right you want the blues and you want the jazz and you want the house music but you don't want us to be able to stay here and it just doesn't make sense to me and yeah, so, like, like,
2: go ahead. Who's now. the center really for? You know, our first Black president building in a, what is a historically Black neighborhood and pushing out all the Black people. like.
3: And there are all these, like, fantastic signifiers of the center, right? Like, it's designed by people of color. You know, the yeah, archivists are people of, of color and, like, all these wonderful things, right? But then you're, like, literally not listening to people or is it just the right kind of people that you want to listen to and that, like I'll confess that I'm super sensitive to that because people talk to me all kinds of way because of the accent that I have and I throw out a couple of the papers and they're like oh she's one of ours right and it's like yeah no I'm a little kid from the hood in Jacksonville and <laughs> I got these papers to protect my people from people like you. Like you. All All I'm saying is, is that like, if this is supposed to be something for all of us, then I really mean for it to be all of us. Right. For... That woman that you want to dismiss because of how she looks and how she sounds and what paper she has and doesn't have, for that elder, for that kid who's listening to whatever the new thing is, because I'm too, I don't know, man. I'd be trying to keep up.
2: (laughs)
1: It's hard. It's hard. (laughs) Like, no, I I think that's real. I mean, I think that to, to me, it speaks to the, the, but uh, the, the bigger Obama legacy, and this is just my opinion, as far as um, the symbolic win, the symbolic victories, the symbolism of the first black president, right? And then, and then what he's actually done for black people and just like marginalized folks in, in general, um, and then that that being the center. Um, and I think you know, an interview I did years ago uh, with Mark Anthony Neal, who's a professor at Duke, he was talking about uh, just like hip hop in general making a way, making a path for the idea of a black president being, like, possible. When you see Barack Obama elected in 2008, you know, part of his gift, what was given to him for that to occur, was hip-hop. And and I, and I don't mean in terms of hip-hop artists like Jay-Z running around saying, vote, you know, Hitler. for Barack Obama, but what had been 15 years of young white kids consuming hip-hop so that the idea of a black president wasn't something that was foreign for them. So we have all these symbolic wins with... Yeah, you know, again, this is my view on his presidency and how he ran on it as a as a progressive, right? And we saw mm-hmm. that not, not to be the case. Um and then he, he Yeah, that's a different that's a different episode. Uh, but then uh, you know, he comes back to Chicago he for the this the center and we see it play out the way it does. Uh, and then from from what you're saying, we see these same symbolic gestures, um, but not actually real uh quantifiable or things that are that are put on a contract or put in the paper that we can really sink our teeth into. Um and I think <laughs> I just think what you said at the beginning, as far as him saying like, yeah, this is for the community, this is all that all those things, but it's like, okay, then write it down and sign it. I need to know that. We need to know we 'cause we've seen this multiple times over and over over again for other places, for other demographics. Like this isn't new. We've seen this movie before. If we didn't like it the first time, we're not gonna like it this time either. Alderman La came to the uh Obama Tent City uh, First word Alderman, and he was like, look, I'm from the future. <laughs> the 606 is in my backyard, and like, people got displaced there. And so like, I'm telling y'all, is it, like what they're saying, he's talking the news, what they're saying isn't make-believe. This should have happened in my hood. It's about to happen here, unless y'all step up.
0: Five years ago, they were saying, you don't have to worry. is not going to come because of this resource. There's plenty of nationally affordable housing here always always they're preaching the same lines to you now that they were preaching to us five six seven years ago
3: it's not even the 606 right like sure um when i keep bringing up like 20 years ago like this city like i'm such an optimist right the city was like there the projects have got to come down y'all and everybody's like yeah and then we're like but where are people gonna live don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We'll figure we it, it out. It.
1: We'll figure it we out. It. We'll give them pieces of gonna... paper and we'll honor those pieces of paper and it'll be Gucci.
3: Oh. And so I my first school was behind St. Ignatius. It was a small Catholic school called Holy Angels Catholic. Not Holy Angels. I work there now. So it's at um, You're um of Holy
1: Angels received the Holy anything. Family. <laughs> no, Holy Angels
3: is a great school. I love it. An Angels <laughs>
2: family. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Holy Family. Um, Children of Peace, my first school, right? And I remember um, there was a family there and the city or someone had said, oh, if you stay in the projects when the new stuff comes, we'll make sure you have a place to stay, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And this mama, she came, she's like, Ms. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to move. We can't stay here because pipes bust in her building. And so she literally could not stay there. Mm. and was forced to move out and lost her place for a new place to live right and so like when i drive through tri taylor and i see these like beautiful condos there's literally hardly any trace that abla was there except the organizers for abla were really adamant that no you will remember us mm. but if you drive down state street It's like Robert Taylor was never there. Cabrini Green was never there. Like Stateway was never there. And they, you know, beautiful places, right? Like the South Loop is gorgeous, right? Um, And Try Taylor, where UIC is, is just stunning. And like, I can't even like put words to what, um, what is the neighborhood they changed Cabrini Green to? Newtown or...
1: Some that sounds something, like a thing. Some some bougie, they would do fake,
3: phony, not yeah. real, built on a graveyard.
1: <laughs> there, there's only like some kind of direction, like east, like East Newtown Square or some shit. Like, <laughs> right. There's
2: right. a Put formula the on
1: how you. Yeah. I was
2: hoping it wasn't my made-up neighborhood. Every time there's I say, they're like, "Where do you live?" I'm like West Town. They're like, "What? What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, like Ukrainian Village, Humboldt Park, Wicker." They're like, "Oh." that sounds made up. I'm
1: like, I mean, it's all made up. You know what I'm saying? Let's, you know, dying.
3: But like, you know, the city has made these promises before and like, we don't have to look, like we can look at the 606, but like, again, think about Cabrini. Oh, totally. It's all that stuff is gone. And like, nobody wants the projects back, but like, it's also devoid of poor people and black people.
2: I did an interview with a woman from stop. Um, couple months ago, um, and I also, in the press conference that we did for Lightfoot Tent City, uh, there, Jeanette even, uh, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor talked about how she was displaced, right? So this has happened, you know, people were displaced from Brownsville, people have been displaced from Hyde Park, so it's just like pushing people further and further and further, right, out of where their roots are, Um, and so really, what is the justification for that, right? You don't make enough money for what we are trying to charge, therefore you must leave. Um, And even in the ordinance, right, some of the things that we're asking for, you know, just 30%. So if you think about 30% and it's like, oh, this enormous number, oh, how could we ever, you know? And it's like, you have the other 70. You have the majority, right? So it's almost like we... Conceded a little bit, right? We didn't ask for half, we didn't ask for 75, we didn't ask for a majority, we not ask for all the lots to be for affordable housing, right? So I think the thing that's been frustrating mostly is that coming from a place of doing the research, like me personally, right? Sure. Looking for what people have done across the country and say, okay, 25% seems to be the most. Let's mm-hmm. push it a little bit because Chicago's unique and ask for 30. That's where the 30 came from, right? And so it's to have it be like, never before, it's never been done, it's impossible, we can't afford it. (laughs) And then you have tanks and tear gas, bridges up for protesters. So much energy. (laughs) So much energy (laughs) in another direction that is not as crucial as, you know, basic living, shelter, a roof over your head, right? And we put all of these resources towards taking money out of schools, right? Taking meal programs away. Um, and what people are asking for is not to be displaced, right? No one is saying, I lived in Woodlawn all my life and therefore you should give me a free condo with a view of the Obama Center, right? No one's saying that. I feel like that's what it seems like is being mm-hmm. like asked for. Like we're asking for the stars and the moon and the sky and really we're asking for... right, return, people to be able to return, right, a little set-aside, some money, some of that. Neighborhoods and communities can become self-sufficient, right? So these are what, to me, are, you know, simple things. They've been done. It's already happened. Um, And even when we're, like, in our specific ordinance, I believe um, maybe, Ebony, you have the most recent updates, but it was $4.5 million for the entire um, ordinance. And that is just one minor day, 24 hours of our Chicago police budget. What
3: was the number we came up with? It was something stupid. I mean, and also let's put this in context when Ashley talks about 30% of these for the lots that we're asking for, you know, there are 704 privately owned vacant lots. The city owns 208. So we want 30% of those, right? So that's roughly 70 lots for affordable housing. <laughs> and like, let's be clear that they're still going to build nice housing. It's just right. that, in that in that housing, there's space for um, people who work for their
2: <laughs> So really, I'm like, really out of 700, we're only getting 70. That's really 10%, right? Of total. Right. Total. And again, only, we can't control private people. So we're focused on the city because that's private people and do what they want to do.
3: And so recently I had a conversation with someone that said that um, Commissioner Navarro said, well, if we put all our resources in Woodlawn, then what will we have for the rest of the city? Oh, my. And, you know, my response to that is, oh dear, why are you having neighborhoods fight for scraps? Like, Mm -hmm. how much did they spend for
2: Lincoln Yards? Thank you. Uh, Billions. um, Is it 1.3 or 1.8 billion? All I know is it's got a B in it. It's got a B. B.
1: It was (laughs) TIF money. I was like, it doesn't doesn't really matter. It could have been a dollar of TIF money, and I would have been pissed off about it.
3: And, like, well, you know, these corporations bring money in, but corporations are made of people, and people work at those places, right? Like, who's cleaning your place? Who are those low level workers that you're barely paying $15 an hour? Who are the like?
0: Oh, well, 14, 14 in July. Right. Let's clarify. We're almost there. <laughs> let's clarify. I, I mean, but really I mean, I, yesterday, it, it's so Right? We're Wasn't it like, yesterday? Like, yeah. <laughs> It was just yesterday. And I think it's so interesting kind of hearing everyone because I think I come from a very specific, specific background. Like my parents came to Chicago simply because one, it was like a sanctuary city. Two, my dad found a job through like one of his cousins or whatever. Um, And so, you know, he spent all of his time in 26th Street because that's where all the Mexicans went, you know, and that's where, you know, we all resided. And it was interesting. Once he started having children, his mentality was, yo, this place sucks. I need to go somewhere else. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as, as I grew up, uh, throughout the city we we're on Fullerton on the north side for a little bit but I'm, I'm I'm a toddler I'm a child I don't I don't know fucking no shit and so when I started going to school his whole goal was like yo these schools suck I don't know why and I don't care to know why however I want to provide or, or produce whatever I can for for my family and so that ultimately forced him to have to move to Cicero right which is the suburb right w- west of the city and it's so interesting hearing you know folks who are either like from the city and like by by rooted we mean like generations Within the city mm. And then having conversations Like oh David You're from Chicago right I'm like Yeah I, I am But like I'm <laughs> yes, first generation So it. that doesn't really mean Any like, That doesn't really mean anything <laughs> And so when we're having These conversations Of like displacement right It's like people ask It's like well You know your, your family Was from a little village Were they displaced Were they pushed out And it's It's interesting Now as an adult How I How I go about Formulating this question This answer Because it's like To a degree I understand now That if the schools Had been better my dad would have found an opportunity to stay, right? Because his whole mentality was, I want my kids to be in, in good schools, quote unquote. Because, And not even mm-hmm. to say that the schools in Cicero or the surrounding suburbs are even any better. But um, <laughs> kind of like using <clears throat> that as as, like a, as a focal point and then bringing that back, because one of, the, one of the things that I was really interested in, Ashley, that you mentioned was, um, you know, other wards being like, well, this doesn't affect me. I don't give a fuck about it. You know, I'm gonna let them kind of do their own thing. And we see that throughout the city, throughout, it's history, right? And I think uh, Little Village is a perfect example of that. I think uh, Humble Park is another example of that. And now we're seeing this happen you know, in Woodlawn, you know, um, Washington Park, et cetera, right? And that's, that's where these, these problems are coming, but that's also why we have proof, right? The proof is in the pudding, right? This, is, this, this isn't just the thing, and I think it's wonderful to hear um, you know, the level of fight that people are really being able to put forth. Um, throughout the years, right, and and I think it's so cool hearing this from people who like um, quote unquote are not from Chicago. Because in all honesty, I would I would I would not agree with that because I think home home is what you make it, right? And home is where you want to be. And so if Chicago is your home, then then it doesn't matter if you were born here or you're not, right? It's something that you're putting your effort your time in. It's like that that's what should be valued more so than being like oh she's from Florida, she's from he's from Missouri. You know that's not that's not what should be the focal point. But uh, I think we lost someone. But yeah. There's going to be a lot of Chicagoans
3: who are like, mm,
0: what high school Man, did you go there, to? Man, <laughs> <home>.
1: Exactly. exactly.
3: <laughs>
0: what grade school did you go yeah. to? <laughs> yeah, no. And I mean, and I've had these conversations, but it's so interesting <laughs> having to like explain to a certain degree because I was also like, uh, I was blessed to be where where my dad, his whole thing was. You know, his family. And that's why he left Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. And so, as an 18 year old man, his whole concept was to come to America, come to a place like Chicago, which he understood was uh, more available to him to find a job than like Texas or Florida or California was in 85, right? And so, you know, as, as he continues to grow without him being invested into his community. Cause I really think that's another conversation that we can have is understanding Oof. that a lot of immigrants who end up coming into Chicago, take it really as surface value, right? Not even understanding any of the politics that play into any of this. Now, as an adult, I'm able to have this conversation with my dad and be like, yo, well, like this is why CPS is the way it is. Right. And, you know, I think a, a big thing to understand is sometimes people don't have the time and the energy to put forth the things necessary to produce the change that they want to see, right? Because they're busy surviving, right? And if that's your yeah. own mindset, you don't have the time and capacity to, to, you know, focus on these things. Yeah. And so when you do see this, right, when you do have it, um, and I think time, times, times of change, you know, there's information is more, va- uh, more accessible to folks, et cetera. But that. that's kind of where I come into, come into it. where being like, David you're from Chicago yes but you know at the end of the day my my parents weren't weren't displaced they decided to move because mm-hmm. of you know what they assumed to be the right choice right and it, like we we can play that being but then kind of putting myself back in the city for through undergrad and then through through now um you know kind of realizing really more so of the history of the place that you know, while my roots might be in Mexico, like I'm choosing to plant my tree here, right? And and right. taking the time to really understand, really taking the time, as everyone else has here in this conversation, taking the time to really look at uh, the histories and the implications of policy. And you know, we, we could talk about because look, looking a little bit back, more into it is like understanding a concept of like affordable housing. You talked to me about five years ago. I had no idea what the fuck that really even meant, right? This is all to say that you know. Things like the Obama CBA and the importance that they need to have, as well as also including and uh, like making sure that everyone is aware of what exactly is going down. I think it was really great, Ebony that you mentioned that, you know, people voted on this, right? And how, how often mm-hmm. is the case that people are actually informed fully to the potential of what's happening, right? And it's unfortunate when that's not the case. But then because of that, I feel we see that energy, we see that resurgence of whether you want to call it anger, disappointment, or what have you, to be able to be like, no, listen, you ran on this. Like, you won because of this. And I voted to you because of this, right? It's like, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have voted for you. And I think there's power within that, right? Um,
3: I think yeah, also kind of you said comment, something you said something about being first gen here and I think like the what makes beautiful sh- Chicago so beautiful is that there's there's generations of first gens right like my context is almost always black right? and like I am a teacher so and I, I'm a history teacher and I'm just enthralled by history right and I think about um like, I grew up in North Florida and I didn't know about the Great Migration. Like, it Man. just had no, I, yeah, you looking at me. It's that cause you're even- from St. Louis. <laughs>
1: I'm from St. Louis. <laughs> Where First are you of from? All, My
3: dad, <laughs> Columbia,
1: Missouri. Yeah. So
3: wrong,
0: yeah. <laughs> loud <Columbia>? and wrong. <laughs> close <laughs> enough. It's, it's close enough. Close yeah, you,
1: enough. I think, not, right? Oh, you. <laughs> it's
0: in you the middle of the country, right? Where are you from? No, I'm just teasing. I watch
1: watch yourself, with David. Just to be clear, uh, Columbia, Missouri. So, yeah. oh. there's Kansas City on one side by Kansas, obviously, uh-huh. and then St. Louis, and so, Columbia's like right in the middle. Okay. So everyone everyone kinda of assumes I'm from one of the one of the big cities. Like, oh, you're a Negro from Missouri. You gotta be from one of the one of the cities. Right? It's and like oh, being from Jacksonville, right Florida,
3: not Miami, yeah. not Tampa. Yeah. Like yeah, it's a real <laughs> yeah. city. People are from there. Lift every voice and sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was saying for the first time in Jacksonville, Florida by James Mill Johnson.
0: Fun facts. <laughs> fun fact. So,
3: <laughs> uh,
0: so the thing is, is that <laughs> you were talking about like first gens though. In, oh yeah.
3: So in Florida. Um, when I learned, like my family went to New Jersey oh. instead of coming to Chicago. Why? That was because a lot of people from the East Coast, like Florida, um, Georgia, went up to New York and to New Jer- Newark, New Jersey. People from like Alabama, New Orleans, they went up to. If they, they made it past Missouri, they kept going to Chicago and Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they feel like they couldn't go left or right. They had to go straight up. I feel like it's where the trains victories... went. Trains. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was obviously a joke, but I was like, go straight up. <laughs> I don't understand. I Y'all tripping. can turn <laughs> left. <laughs> you know what I'm
3: saying? No, no, no. <laughs>
1: now trains. Can... Trains. trains. Got Yeah, well, right. Okay.
3: But so, you know, I think that people, I know that people came here to work and found that they could make a home here, Mm. you know, like Chicago, it's going to make sense. I promise. It's surprising to me that Barack are, is in my imagination, he's surprised at the amount of organizing around the CBA. And I'm like, did you forget that you were an organizer from Chicago? And that Chicago is an organizing city it is a union stronghold. Like it is the home of Pullman porters. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And so like, um, I think I know that people came here to work, but there was opportunity and they made things that they weren't able to do at home. Right. Right. Um, So they built homes and they built communities and they built block clubs and fantastic schools. And I think it's important to acknowledge, and you probably talked about this with your dad, is that the destruction of those communities been intentional, you know, Mm -hmm. from dropping the highways in this dead heat of Italian and Black and Hispanic neighborhoods Mm -hmm. to like defunding schools.
1: um, shout that so like win.
3: undermining unions um,
1: shout out daily third time right <laughs> <laughs>
3: and so like even um, I will go back to this like it's been interesting to see old politics show up in this fight for a CBA
1: yeah.
3: um, there are community groups who have thrown their weight behind us up from the north side from the west side You know, Uptown is in the middle of a huge housing fight right now. They have their own kind of tent city. Mm -hmm, Across the city, people are fighting for their rights to live, right? And so what I admire about what uh, Commissioner Navarro said is like, yeah, there are a lot of other people fighting. But what we know is that what happens in Woodlawn, and Ashley is the only attorney here. I mean, you guys are attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
3: what we do here, what happens in Woodlawn sets precedent. Yeah. Mm. So I love Chicago and I love Chicago because it is a place where working people can still raise a family, you know, and, um, I back anybody who's fighting on behalf of Chicagoans. That's from schools to prison defunding, police defunding. Let's go with the whole policing, not just prisons. Mm -hmm. Um, So like everything, whatever's going to keep people being able to move forward and make this their home in a real way. I know it's possible. I know it is. It's been done before.
2: Even going way back, Ebony, to what you were saying, right, kind of like this outside looking in, but now I'm inside, like, viewpoint, um, where I'm from Bridgeport, Connecticut, what I saw was just people not, not knowing, um, and I went on this, like, crusade, um, you know, like, if people could just get the information, like, they'd be just as mad as I am, right, and we'd rally the troops and and storm City Hall and take it all back, right, type of mentality, um, and then I think, as I was kind of leaving, um, graduating from college, right. I took two years off and was like applying to law school, you know, and really some of those organizations that I was able to be a part of from like the ground up and like looking at, looking towards campaigns, um, from elsewhere and really starting to just realize, you know, like if, if you let people, you know, they will do whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that is especially true for cities. Right. I think that's true for people who are in positions of power. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you going to do? Right. And I think Chicago has been a really historical site of, OK, watch this people power. Right. And I think. OK, OK, you want to introduce your own new ordinance? Watch this. Sit in next week. Right. OK. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> where do you stay oh this is your address bet alright cool right.
2: cool 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 right so
1: cool, cool,
2: cool. at the house right word of education members caught a little flavor of that oh you know, yeah they did come. oh okay trying to
1: have students strike back
2: right you want to be a public servant you're gonna you gonna go to work you're gonna serve
1: me i gonna be a kid? you're
2: gonna serve <laughs> me <laughs> the phone.
0: oh that's so great and, and like and I guess this is all to like w- with all this is like you know Seeing, seeing this happen to my to my family, right? As as one example, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think the biggest thing that we often lack, or people who kind of just don't, is, is empathy, right? And not not understanding and not being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes for fucking mm-hmm. five minutes, and being able to really understand, you know, like at the end of the day, all people are trying to do is is live, Survive. make a family, mm-hmm. eat. And, and, and have a good time. No, because, and, and I think actually to, to that point, is like, I think, I think we've gone to a point now as a society where we're, 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 we're meant to do more than survive.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, Say like, it again. By,
0: by being able, by being able to live, you know what I'm saying? And that, this is, these are conversations that now as an adult, I'm able to have with, with my parents, um, about chicago as a city right because oftentimes there's a question to like well why are you doing all this you know it's like mm-hmm. it, like chicago hasn't done anything for you like you, like you're just you know you're just he, we, we brought you here i could have been i could have been raised in california i could have been raised in new york i been raised in florida you know for for all i know but the it just happened by chance that i it's chicago and so like what, what what's what, what's holding you to it and my answer will always be it's like Being able to find community, right, that is Chicago. Because at the end of the day, I also don't have the privilege of knowing anywhere else. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Other than Mexico. But e- e- even then, I-, I can't really even say that I know Mexico because that's also very surface level. The only reason why I went is because my entire family's in Mexico. And so when I went when I would go to Mexico, when I go to Mexico, I'm not talking about the politics. I'm not talking about their, their housing situation. I'm not talking about minimum wage or things matter. Like so it's very, very surface level. And so all I'm left with is what what I have, which is Chicago.
1: This Chicago Chicago
3: nigga,
0: right? And so it's kind of interesting that it it kind of puts me in a place where, like, because this is all I have, this is this is what is worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And within that, we find people, we find uh, organizations, we find institutions that have been around. For that purpose, right? to be able to educate, be able to push across. And that's something that's why I gravitated very much towards soapbox as an entity, right? to be able to use our creative outlets, our nice. our creative juices in in a very positive <clears throat> flow, right? as simple something as simple as this podcast, which simply just offers space uh, for people to speak their truth, right. And I think that something as simple as that is part and that's why when when I think when that's why when people are like, "Well, what do you think about Chicago?" You know, my answer will always be like, Every motherfucker in there cares about Chicago, you know. And it does, once again, it goes back to it doesn't matter if you were born here or not. It matters, like, where you want to make your home. And if your home is this, that, that's where it's at. And it's interesting because, like, m- a lot of my politicization, my, a lot of my politicization. politicization Man, you got it, right? I'm you got wrong wrong. it, right? Wrong. Wrong. You wrong. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> bourbon, bourbon. <laughs> but, you know, it came, it came as an adult. And so, you know, my goal is then to give back to to if I was a shorty, my goal was to be a, found someone like me to be like, listen, homie, let me let me explain to you, you know, what this is in, in, in layman's in game, terms, right you clear. know, in colloquial language. Eight. So that then I could be like, damn, okay, cool. And and it's so beautiful because, you know, uh just just a while back we actually interviewed uh two young folk uh who are you know brilliant just organizers who they've been doing since they were 16 oh that's amazing in chicago whitney (laughs) young and you know other places all around and so it's like hearing them hearing their stories hearing their fight it's like damn that wasn't me as a 16 year old shorty i was a piece of shit but an understanding and knowing that these things are happening right with or without me with or without us then we have a decision to make right Mm -hmm. so either we're on it or we're with it or we're not and we're going to be get left behind because, as as a human condition is, we evolve, we adapt, and if it doesn't, it gets eliminated,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I'll, and so,
3: yeah, I want to make sure that I want to respond to something you said is that uh, a couple of things. One, it it's never everybody, right? So. You know, hindsight or when the things have happened, when the ordinance is passed, after the act is passed, everybody is always like, Yeah, I was always down with it. I ain't never liked the police. <laughs> <laughs> every every, <laughs> every <laughs> grandma. <PDA. laughs> <laughs> Everybody's grandma was at the um, counter, right? Like in the, in the 60s and 60s. But we know that that can't be true. Our shit would have happened a lot faster, right? Mm.
0: And so it's
3: always the few that kick it off and move stuff on. And like Ashley can speak more to this. Like I'm super psyched about the anti-policing movement right now i am super psyched about the abolitionist movement right now but i'm also like low-key exhausted because like man, i've been trying to tell you about this shit for like i've been, been telling years. you <laughs> Ooh, say it. girl uh
1: nobody like, mm. wants
3: to be that person who's like we we told you we literally i told you we sent you all. Well, no
0: one likes it you told you so no I one does says, but no, you wanna say it so bad.
3: Especially
1: when an incident happens three weeks prior and you're like, Oh, but when when a mod happened, y'all wanted to run, but now you wanna Which I'm which I'm down with. Which I'm down. But like it was three weeks prior. It wasn't it's not even like, oh Laquan, you did not do shit, Ricky, you didn't do shit. It's like, nah, motherfucker, three weeks ago you didn't do shit. You wanted to run. And I told you. I I, I just I feel you so hard on that. And I I see these black squares, I'm like, you know what? That's a different conversation. Um I did want to touch on one thing you said about Uh, people, you know, in the civil rights movement, black power movements, and it being a a small group in the totality of it, right? And then folks want to say, now everybody's at the lunch counter, and I think about the boondocks.
2: Here he go again with the dogs and the fire hoses.
1: we were attacked by dogs and fire hoses.
2: Were you attacked?
1: I don't know what different that makes.
2: Because it's like the whole generation tries to take credit for what happened to some people.
1: That's ridiculous. Now, see, well, you know, uh, what had happened
3: was- <laughs> I appreciate those people, like, um, who was it? My friend's mom. She's like, you have to talk about, like, so there was this thing called the Axe Handle Riots in Jacksonville, Florida, where, mm. like, all these Speak people came from around Jacksonville. These white people came to beat up the protesters downtown with axe handles. um. What they didn't know is they had to go through the black neighborhoods to get out. And there was like a black <laughs> gang waiting to beat their asses. But um, my mom's friend, she tells a story. She's like, I was going to go, but then my mama was going to give me a whipping. And then when I saw they had axes down there, I ain't go to that. I was glad I ain't <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being an honest Dying. elder. Um, but That's I, real. That's so real. David, I want to go back to something where you're like, this has just happened where I happened to land. And I'm going to tell you something like, from what my perspective is that, like, for years, I'll be like, this is where I happen to land. And I really do believe in like God and higher power and the ancestors. And you're here for a specific reason, right? And so, like, the, it's not that I happen to walk into the, this meeting with the Obama coalition. It's not that I happened to become a teacher in Chicago. All of that is weird, but we end up in places for specific reasons. And then it's up to us to either take the call or not, you know, as it's, it's mm-hmm. for us to move forward on it or not. Like, and if I'm clear, like I'm always terrified. Like I joke with Ashley in the co- coalition. I was like, well, there went my political chances. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll
2: never be a senator I mean, I
0: like a your
2: name and your face right I always think that the picture is the picture I don't know how it got in the paper right. it's like me with the sign it's like targeting Lori I'm like oh no I'll never work in the mayor's office <laughs> I think it's interesting too um, some of the questions you guys asked earlier just going back um, kind of like what expected from the administration. And I think it's been, yeah, I mean, even now, you know, like, um, after tent city, uh, and receiving, receiving a call from the mayor's office, um, about coming back to the table and negotiating. Right. And so like, oh, right. We got some traction, right. Got some coverage, got some, some phone calls were made, heads are rolling or whatever's happening. <laughs> and, um, you know, a call came to the coalition. And so really thinking about kind of what someone said earlier, you know, this is just going to be a, a start, right? If this is something that Woodlawn can pull off, you know, and aldermen are able to support it for the, for this ward, it's going to be possible, you know, and all across the city. And I think what, why some people are like, oh, that's big, right? Oh, it's like, well, if people are protected and have housing God forbid, right? You know, it's like, God
3: forbid. What? Housing? <laughs> <That would be.
2: laughs> if you put in protections to protect people, like low-income residents, and not even like always low-income, right? Think about people who are homeowners and their taxes were 3000 one year and 8000 the next. Tax relief for people who already own their homes, right? And don't want to be displaced. But people get displaced every year and don't have a mortgage, right? So it's like, what kind of things can we be doing proactively um and i think that that is a larger conversation that needs to happen in, you know mm-hmm. not just housing there's a lot of unrest right now so i really think we're in a a real pivotal time and that's why really the you know 2020 we're in the we we're, we're over the hump we're ha- over the halfway hump if we can oh, believe okay, it oh this
3: time i was like the fake can't get worse
2: it might. <laughs> no just july just july <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, kind of it's really, um, I think, for as this coalition, working more closely with other groups. Mm. Um, and so realizing that the ordinance is just one piece. Right. So mm-hmm. if we get this passed in Woodlawn and people are still being evicted. Essential workers still don't have protections. Right. Schools um, in certain neighborhoods don't have books or nurses and they have medical detectors and police officers. Right. But no funding for trips and band. (laughs) Right. So it's just, you know, where are your priorities? And I think something that um, one of my groups back home really taught me is, you know, when you look at a city's budget, you can tell what that city's values are. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really stuck with me. And so Chicago's values are, to me, policing, right? Top priority has to be policing if that's where top amount of money is going.
3: And we can't divorce that from the segregation that's in the city and mm-hmm. the continuous disinvestment in black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. You know, there yeah. is, like, I will go back to, like, when Lori lifted those bridges, like, I will say that my ass Oof. stayed home because I'm really afraid of COVID. But when I saw those bridges, I was like,
2: sis, what? <laughs> are you and really? And a curfew and so put people for, in jail.
1: For, for those that don't know, what, what are you referring to with the bridges? The so life, the,
2: the when curfew. the
3: marches came after... um George Floyd was murdered, or um, people realize that he was murdered because he was murdered way before, but like, um, Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lightfoot lifted the bridges that go over the Chicago River and basically separate the south side, um, the south side of downtown and south side from the north side. And if you're unfamiliar with it, if you've ever seen, is it The Dark Knight? Thank you, Um, yes.
1: they basically do
3: this in the batman movie where they like cut off the poor people and they like cut off the island or whatever they did that right and i was like yo did you just isolate us and then you stop the buses from going south like old ladies were planning to catch those buses because they don't have cars and they gotta walk from, like, what did you just do? Like, I keep trying to ride for you because I really have a hard time telling a, saying a black woman doesn't care about black people. That really is hard as shit for me. But that move was like, girl, I don't know what, what did you just do? Um, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> No, just the context.
2: Parallels. Yeah. To like, you know, what that looks yeah, like yeah. and what that speaks to in terms of investments and in disinvestment, mm-hmm. And I think even like even going way back, right, since we've been doing these history lessons, Chicago, not even Chicago, Illinois, you know, on a larger scale. Some very, if anyone hasn't read it um, and there's a lot of other pieces, check out The Color of Law. Mm. how the government Mm, segregated america Mm -hmm. okay um and then so even like there's stories you know out of deer park and there's stories out of cicero and there's stories out of you know places neighborhoods in chicago where not only a black people couldn't buy the house someone else bought the house Mm -hmm. and tried to sell it to them or let them live there and people came with torch torch torches and, and pitchforks and all types of explosives and like literally ran people out of the city. I think there's also even still currently they're not enforced anymore. But if you check, a lot of people can check their deeds of their homes and find racially restrictive covenants, right? Mm -hmm. This house shall never for as long as it shall ever stand, will ever have a Negro or three fifths of a person live in it is forbidden and restricted. Right. And so it's like, we went from that to not being able to live in the house, right? Not being able to live in certain neighborhoods when the, the New Deal came down and people got their mortgages and their grants and their aids. That was not for Black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been <clears throat> systemically at a disadvantage for literally forever. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're asking for very 10, 30 percent of affordable housing it's this big fight and for me that's just like you can't possibly know and care about the history and then fight back on affordable housing and I think that is across the board for evictions and uh, rent freezes and everything else that's happening in the state police brutality you know systemic racism, defunding of schools, like all of these issues are connected and they're rooted in the same problem.
3: I think along with what Ashley said is that critics will dismiss this as just a lightning point. Like this will be on the reader and someone will be like, oh, they're trying to do all that racial justice stuff. Or it's like, no, this has been years in the making. If you pick yeah. up a book, you, like, you don't even have to scratch that deeply. Like you could look on an easy Wikipedia page and see all of the like, weird covenants and promise breakings that's, that have happened in this city. In many ways, like we shouldn't even have to fight for this. This should be a part of
1: reparations. Oh, say it again. This uh, just,
3: like, why is it? I'm having a really difficult time understanding why we're having to fight so hard for people having a place to stay. And I think it's also important that, like, there are no kickbacks from the CBA. Like, this is not like, like, if this passes, I'm not going to get $150,000. I am not a developer. I don't know no developers. Like, I'm not going to like be driving around in a Range Rover. (laughs) Like, it's not like that. It's like literally wanting this community to be affordable, and again, affordable for a grand swath of people. Also, it's really, <laughs> it's really important that, um, you know, I'm going to go back to the outsider thing. I sometimes think people who live here forget that Chicago is this very weirdly influential city.
1: Mm, totally. Things
3: that happen here, people not, happen as precedent across the country. Right? So like, You know, working with the school board, when they started shutting down schools in Jacksonville, they started shutting down schools. When they started funding a lot of charters in Jacksonville, they started funding a lot of charters, right? And so, like, across the country, people are being displaced. Poor people are being displaced. I don't know where all these magical millionaires are coming from. Are all these people who are able to afford, (laughs) like, $3,000 one bedrooms, like, maybe that'll be me in the future. But (laughs) I I don't know how we're able to fill these luxury condos. But um what I do know is we're not. (laughs) I mean, that's real.
0: We we could talk about (laughs) like we're not like let's also look at like Chicago or Illinois the thing is like losing millionaires or like the top one percent. They're all like leaving because of like tax rates, X, Y, and Z, but Please, so then, No,
3: no, you don't apologize. <laughs> I mean, so then it's more galling that it seems to be that we're pandering to them. And one of the things that's very, it's hard for me to understand is that like, it's going to sound like I'm doing a Lori love fest, right? Like the chick is brilliant. Like she's brilliant, right? Like she was a, a partner at one of the top law firms in the nation. Like one of the most respected in the world. And so she, like, the first time I saw her speak in person and she was uh, speaking, it was at an um, election thing against per- Tony Preckwinkle. I was like, oh, Tony, sis, you don't have a chance. This woman is a masterful speaker. Whatever political machine she had helping her with her PR, like, I don't even think she needed them because. She's masterful. Right. And so when I think about that, I think keep going like, sis, but you know, you know, so what is happening? Like what, like, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but like, who's driving you right now? And I will say this clearly, like, it really doesn't matter who's driving you because the people are going to keep pushing you. Like, no one in Chicago is rolling down. No one is rolling over. No one's going anywhere. Like, you could remove one, and like the people who are on our coalition have been in the fight for years. And when this one ends, there'll be another one because we are determined to make this a place for Chicagoans and for. All of us, not some of us, not the bougie of us, not those of you who have good jobs, quote, unquote, but everybody. So um, it's going to work. It's got to.
0: Yeah, no, and I hear that. And I I think one of the things that we're seeing, and so depending on when this episode drops, specifically July 22nd, there is a uh, committee vote right or committee hearing that will take on the ordinance that the obama cba has put together um and so if for anyone's listening the call to action is just show the fuck up make some noise tell tell the people what you want to hear right um i want to thank y'all for coming in and joining us educating myself personally I'm like th- that's also like low-key low-key and I'm sure bourbon brown folks know this but like <laughs> I love g- learning on this shit like I learn as much as my listeners do which is fucking dope and so I want to thank y'all for taking the time to kind of hang out I already um, know everything you know and I don't know yeah I, I also just want
1: to hear
3: it this. said back to me
0: that's <laughs> all I like I actually well, learned nothing yeah.
1: <laughs> I am
2: a guru <laughs> I learned where yeah, Columbia no, but, Missouri is <laughs>
0: hey there you talk go here, come on, the building, Let's go. learning experience for all of us but um yeah no once again like thank you guys so much for, for kind of doing your thing um i do want to give everyone an opportunity to kind of like shout out or you know give a high five to any of your peeps so ashley do you is there anyone who you'd like to shout out or anything that you'd like to kind of um you know call to action to or for yeah
2: um i think really main th- the main thing is you know, and listening to this housing and, you know, um, may not be someone's, you know, passion or someone's fight. I would even say personally, that's not where I kind of got looped in and then realized. And I was like, wait, like, this is such a basic need. Like, we're asking for such basic things. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Right. And that's kind of how, you know, I got looped in. And really, it was um, like in my bio, right, really focused on like education equity, which technically goes hand in hand, right? Those totally. property values and those taxes really dictate your school. Okay, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Give an and, <laughs> and really, I think the other main thing too is um, just finding your niche, you know, kind of like, I think right now I, I would say they're, I mean, in hindsight, maybe we'll say this is the, the peak of the revolution, right? That we're in the brink of it. But I don't know. For me personally, we're just getting started.
1: <laughs> Ooh, dang it again. Let's we're,
2: go. We may not have even started yet. We're so, we're so just getting started. We're, we're, um, we're stretching for
1: the pregame. We're stretching. On, right. right? right. We are
2: pregaming for the in revolution. I love it. Love it. Hashtag it. Um, and I really feel like I just think people get in where you fit in. You know, that's that's what I'm going to leave, leave people with. You know, it's not that everyone needs to be on the front lines with a blow horn. That is not what we need. We don't need everyone there. Right. Like, if you're an accountant, if you are a fundraiser, if you're a teacher, a healer, right? Mm. A, hist- a historian, like, there's room for everybody. And I think really is... That's really some of that collective Chicago, right? Banding together, like, mm-hmm. what things are all about to begin with. Um, and then I will shamelessly plug Ooh. my business modified yeah. mixology llc we are a mobile bartending company we make custom drinks custom menus we pull up to your house we bring the bar
0: she's a five okay. bartender let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go at
2: my Mix llc
0: so i am bass certified on and off campus so okay we are I hiring <laughs> You okay, will maybe. see my resume saying B and b Bourbon and Brown people jobs. I am being dead ass. You have no idea.
2: <laughs> you know
0: we're looking at like how these things go, but uh thank you so much. Yes, I
3: do I wanna say um we I think we missed a very important partner is the U Chicago for our CBA. Uh University of Chicago Shout students out. have Yes. New Chicago Against Displacement have really been riding hard, hard, hard for us, um, Very hard. like super hard. So I want to make sure that we acknowledge that they are an incredibly important part of our coalition. Um, Thank you. And also, you know, I want to piggyback off of what Ashley said is that like, you know, much of my quote, I was more I heard the woman you met you were interviewing last week say that she was more of an activist than an organizer. Mm-hmm. And so that, that definitely applies to me. Like my kind of activism was involved in being in the classroom and being very clear about what I was teaching students and the kind of um, work I was bringing to them and like the decisions that I made in my everyday life. Um, and prior to this, I was like, uh, I was the one who picked up people after protests or like put money in for bail or delivered food. Mm. And um, I used to discount that, but Mm. it's really important. Like those people who bring, who brought the water to the tent city, yo, we really need you. The person who uh, designed the um, banners and what we put on social media we really need you, right? Like right. there's so many ways that seem tiny, but all those tiny pieces make a movement, right? And um, you don't need a special certification to be an organizer. It's
2: like, you, like a basket. Right?
3: You don't need a, <laughs> a sticker. <laughs> Nobody needs to like, rep for you like um and there's no t
2: shirt yeah like
1: linkedin profile
2: no (laughs) and there are like secret handshake and there's a million
3: organizations in Chicago that are would be happy to have you join them like we would be happy do you have something to bring to the CBA coalition because we probably need you (laughs) join us because we'd be <laughs> tigered sometimes. <laughs> we all have yeah. whole ass other jobs. <laughs> jobs, schools, Jobs and schools. So like if you if you don't know how you fit in, call and see. Show up a couple of times. And like Definitely. be willing to open your ears and learn from people who've done it before. And also bring in your new perspective because you are needed you there are this is a million front war you know from housing yeah. to schools to policing to banking to like you can say something right. to the med- the healthcare system how we do mental health, all of the stuff needs you this. you can't do all of the things so we need all of us to do a little bit of something mm.
0: So. Mm. there you go mm. all of us to yeah. do a little bit of something i love that and so I mean, I, I I usually I have like some like awesome way to end it, but we're, we're just we're just gonna leave it on. Subtle <laughs> <laughs> really flex. That I like subtle flex. Yeah, I was like I was that like was ah, it. so was, like no 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 no, but <laughs> but like really like thank y'all so much, and like for anyone who doesn't know, this is like my first time meeting both of y'all. So yeah, like yeah. this was super dope. I'm like super blessed to have this opportunity to kind of just hanging vibe and I'm really, really uh look forward to the opportunity to kind of just can meet in person. And like, we weren't able to like talk about COVID and in, in the moment that we're doing because I really think that kind of like, kind of influxes everything. But for anyone listening, you know, we're all doing the best we can, stay safe, stay where you're at. Um, but thank both of y'all for doing the work that you're doing and, you know, we'll see you out there. You know what I'm saying? This isn't over July 22nd. Vote's gonna be out, and then if we get it, we get it. And If we don't, there's noise to be made, ladies and gentlemen. So, we'll, we'll see you out there. Either way, we making noise, right? <laughs>
2: Either way, we so making noise.
0: <laughs> period. There you go. So for Bourbon and Brown Town, as always, stay black, stay brown, stay queer, stay tuned, stay turnt
2: Okay, I like that. Okay. We
0: be seeing you Thank next time.
2: Thank you guys time. so much. The Chicago nigga.
0: For more information on episode guests, related media, and topics, check out the episode notes. Follow us on social media at SoapboxPO and or visit SoapboxPO.com slash podcast.